Are you ready to talk baseball? Well, step up to the plate. You're listening to Passion for the Pastime. And here's your host, Walter. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast, Passion for the Pastime podcast. I'm your host, Walter, and it is a fantastic day. Unless you're a Giants fan. (laughs) We got no free agent bats. None. Nah. Nothing. Squat. Zero. No bats. And I'm not upset. (laughs) I'm just disappointed. How many times in your relationship have you heard that line? Have they dropped that on you? I'm not upset. I'm just disappointed. I've I've heard that one too many times. Love you, babe. (laughs) She is so mad right now that I put that out there. She is sending me a text right now because I I believe I've said on the podcast before, she's not listening. Oh, she's listening. She's listening. And in fact, she is sending me a text message right now explaining, not even explaining. She's she's sending me, I know what, she's sending me that that red face emoji. She's mad. (laughs) I love you. I love you. But the Giants, I'm not upset. I'm just disappointed. What the hell? <laughs> they got no free agent bats. Kyle Schorber, gone to the Phillies. Nick Castellanos, gone also to the Phillies. We got Jock Peterson. Okay, we got Jock Peterson. I'm sorry. Palo Alto's own local kid. I like Jock. I like Jock Peterson. But it didn't, it, you know, it didn't raise the bar for me. I feel like we have uh, a handful of Jock Petersons on the team. And he did not look too great. Uh, in the field, I, I know. I know it's going to take a, a while to get conditioned a little bit, but he didn't look good in the field. He might, he might be uh, that DH. Can he play first? Maybe he can play first. I don't know. Well, he's a he's a lefty, so you can't really do that <laughs> unless you put Brandon Belt at the DH, which you can. I, I don't know. The DH is going to throw a wrench into things, but I'm not upset. I'm just disappointed. Disappointed. Giants had all this money. And we're going to talk later. We're not going to all we're not going to talk all Giants ball. We're going to get into some Giants ball with Dan Hayes. He is a Giants fan. He is from the Bay Area. I believe he's from Vallejo. He covers the Minnesota Twins. We're going to talk about that because the Giants didn't get Carlos Correa either. Not saying that I wanted them to. Not saying that they were even in on Carlos Correa. They were in on Trevor Story, which in hindsight now you look at the numbers I'm okay with them not going six years, 140, whatever the hell it was, million dollars. I'm okay with that. But Nick Castellanos, it was, yeah, it was a five-year deal, but it was $100 million. That's, that's doable. You can do it. What's going on? I believe in the team. I believe in the, the don't, uh Don't have my words reflect that I have any... Any doubts? Again, not upset. I'm just disappointed in how things went down. And then you look at the Dodgers. And they add Freddie Freeman. And you look at that lineup. And it looks like a murderer's row. 2.0. 3.0. I don't know how many versions of murderer's row we've had in baseball. We've had a couple. But my God. 
one through nine can hit bombs. That is scary. The Giants still, uh, they're, they're, they're going to have their, their opportunity. They're going to hang with them. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. You, you, know, all these, <laughs> you know all these phrases that we're going to hear within the next couple of weeks. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. It's not how, how, how hard you can hit. It's how you can get hit and move forward. You know, we're going to hear we're going to hear all that. We're going to hear all those phrases that they sound great. Doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> Maybe some of them do. But man, it, it's going to be rough. Uh all the free agents are gone by the way. I don't know if I said that yet. Uh all the free agent hitters, the 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 meaningful ones are gone. Including the biggest shocker. I don't think anyone on their on their boards had Carlos Correa one signing a three year deal and ending up where he ended up in Minnesota with the twins. I don't think anyone had that predicted. You know who didn't for sure is Dan Hayes of the Athletic. We're gonna talk to him on the other side and get his thoughts on the Carlos Correa signing. And what this means for the Twins moving into 2022 and beyond. Dan Hayes of The Athletic, beat writer for the Minnesota Twins. Coming up next, you're listening to Passion for the Pastime Podcast. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Passion for the Pastime Podcast. Now, the Giants may have a, a little bit of a slow offseason, uh, per se, in the, in the eyes of fans, but it's been uh, going crazy over there in Minnesota. And to talk about the Twins, I have Dan Hayes back on the podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at MLB. He is the beat writer for the Minnesota Twins for The Athletic. Dan, what's up, man? How you doing this morning? Good, but I think we could probably talk about Jimmy G and Steph more than the Twins. That'd be how I prefer to do it, but we'll, we'll, we'll indulge the Twins. They deserve it after the week they've had. Um, it's been pretty interesting around here. Dude, we, we could spend a whole podcast talking Steph and, and Jimmy G uh, for sure. It, it has been uh, one, one, of those, one of those times a year, man, that is just bizarre and nuts. But, uh, but yeah, man, the, the Twins, they, they are making moves. Are you surprised by all these moves? What's going on? I mean, yeah, it's the Twins. So, uh, you know, I mean, I, again, I grew up in the Bay. I know that I, I still remember the way the earth shifted the day that Barry Bonds signed with the Giants in December 92. And me and my dad were watching a Cal game that night. And I think they may have beat Arizona at Arizona. And it was the Jason Kidd era. And I was like, uh, that, this Carlos Correa signing, while not in length, uh, is certainly uh, some kind of move that reminds me of that, just based off of the fact that the Twins, you know, the Giants at the time were a small market team compared to the A's. The A's dominated the area. The Twins have never been that team that grabs the headlines. You know, and this was the team that, like, this was the move that grabbed headlines. Like, when you see Jeff Passan tweet out, wow, that, that just, you know, it's shocking. Uh, to, see, to see people around the game, really kind of flabbergasted by a move. Um, it, it gives you a little perspective on what it means. And uh, just based off the fan interest that I've seen in the numbers, the metrics that we get uh, internally on the way stories are read, um, it, it's unlike many times in Twins history. And, you know, when you're talking about a team that hasn't won a playoff game since 2004 and 
18 straight playoff losses that uh, hasn't won a World Series since 1991. It's a much-needed boost for them and uh, gives their fans a sense like, hey, maybe maybe things could be interesting this year. Um, and and it's just it's sort of all out of left field. I don't think any of us expected it. I don't think the Twins expected it, but that's where we are, and it certainly is made for a very interesting week. Yeah, you throw out some years there. 1991 was, uh, what did you say, the last time they won the World Series? Yes, it was. And they won in 87 and 91. Man, 91. I was born in 92. So when you were, uh, when you were thinking about, uh, when when you were thinking, when you were watching the Twins win the World Series and thinking about Bond signing with the Giants, uh, I was, I was not born yet or I was a toddler or a baby, an infant. So it's been a while. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's it been a while to say the least. Um, yeah, man, you talk about the the Carlos Correa signing. It it was huge. I think that it shocked everyone uh, in around the game of baseball. Uh, it it seemed almost as if he was going to go to the Houston Astros again, and that kind of leaves a void with the Astros at shortstop. It it kind of this move it. it makes a uh, a ripple effect in the AL for sure um but as far as the the Carlos Correa put, putting that aside uh, for a second free agency it's done right and all the big names are gone they're off the board um outside of Carlos Correa who do you think was the that signing that shocked you the most yeah i i don't think, well honestly the, the signing that shocked me the most was was probably Chris Bryant because I still don't know what the Colorado Rockies are doing, and and that uh, you know I, I I think I even just tweeted that out. I do not know what the Rockies are doing, I do or I don't understand the Colorado Rockies. That's all I I said. And like you get a lot of retweets on that kind of stuff because nobody gets what they're doing. Um, Correa like that just because they traded Nolan Arenado. Who if you gave me the choice of the two players. Chris Bryant or, or Nolan Arenado, I probably want Nolan Arenado right. uh, 10 times out of 10. And they paid $51 million to trade him away. And here they are a year later signing Chris Bryant. So that that, that in the shock mode is about as, as big as they get. Um, it, like there, there were, you know, Seager getting, I don't think, you look at the, the free agent class going into this year and there were a lot of good shortstops. I don't think Texas ending up with two of them was on anybody's radar. I think uh, the, the Rangers have a lot of money to spend. They have a brand new ballpark. Still, it's been a while since they made those splashy moves. And so those are up there for me. But honestly, Correa choosing the Twins is about as big of a shock factor as I can think of. I, I really, I didn't see it on their radar. Now, the, the fact that it is really just a one-year deal, most likely, and he gets to go back and be a free agent again next year, is the, a big motivator for it, but it's a great landing place for him. Um, it's a park he hits well in. He still gets to be the highest paid infielder uh, on a single season contract in MLB history and uh, just besting Anthony Rendon's $35 million. Um, so he gets the prestige points out of the contract and he has the opt outs, which make it, like I said, probably a one year deal. And if he gets hurt, is $35.1 million, $35. million on the table from the Twins next year, too. So all it's a win-win for both sides, and I think that's why it happened. The Twins had an opening shortstop still left. They had the financial flexibility because they were able to trade Josh Donaldson five days earlier. It, like it was, everything had to fall into place for this to happen because 
realistically, the Twins were never really the, the spot for him to be. He, then they certainly weren't going to be the team that gave him the 10, 10 years and $350 million that he originally was looking for. We're talking with Dan Hayes, MLB beat writer for the Minnesota Twins for The Athletic. We're talking Carlos Correa signing because, again, like you said, uh, it shocked the baseball world uh, to find that he would be in Minnesota. You would think that he'd go to one of those big markets uh, that were acquiring services, right? I, I mean, when uh, when everyone was talking about uh, a possibility for the Yankees and, and all that, you figured he was going to end up there, and he ends up with the Twins. Um, Carlos Correa, that, that deal, you kind of touched on it a little bit. He has the opt-outs after uh, the first two years, three years, 100 and uh, – 105 point what was it 100 105.3 yeah. yeah so so do you like the deal i mean you kind of touched on it a little bit but is it uh it, it kind of seems like the twins take all the risk in this factor uh because he can be a free agent next year again but here's why i like it for the twins um they can afford that 35.1 million dollars especially if it's just a one-year thing but their fans are more excited than they have been in a long time um, they are, they've incrementally increased the, the chances of victory. I think he adds somewhere around three to five wins above replacement and about three to five wins projected. They, they, I think they're somewhere between 85 and 87 projected wins right now. Um, you have that extra playoff spot. You, you know, you get six in this year. Um, and, and if like, so you, you appear to be trying and you, you have your fans fired up because you re-signed Byron Bucks into an extension. So people are believing. They're going to buy tickets now. And if it doesn't work, man, is it not a great place to be having Carlos Correa as a trade chip at July? Right. Uh, he, teams will pay a ton for him, especially with that contract, because the possibility exists of him sticking around. I Look, I, I just think it's a great spot because – you you are you are trying to win. You are doing everything you can to win. And if it doesn't work out, you still got a great player to trade because it didn't work out. And people will understand it. It will. It would be. It would suck. But you're not gonna. You're not gonna lose um, hardcore. You're not stuck with a ticking time bomb. Instead, you have a guy that a lot of teams would want as a rental if that was the case. And. You know, you're going to recoup some assets uh, in prospects, and that's a that's a very good place to be too. And also, I think what this uh, what this move does is that it it uh, it pushes back the timetable for uh, Royce Lewis. What, what's what's the plan for Royce Lewis uh, coming into spring and going into the 2022 season now that Carlos Correa signed? Well, I, the, the plan is the same as it's always been, which is just get him on the field, let him play. Uh, the other day he played, he's played twice now this week. The other day, that was the first game he played since March 10th, 2020. You know, COVID obviously wiped out the 2020 season. Um, he was at the team's alternate site all year and had a good year, but uh, unlike some of their other prospects, did not get the call. Um, and then last year he came into camp and during his physical exam, it was revealed that he had uh, torn ACL. So he missed the entire season. You know, we're talking about the number one pick from the 2017 draft. Um, you know, a very talented player who had just won the Arizona Fall League MVP in 2019. And that's the last time we really saw him. And that's, that's a long ways away. Um, he's physically doing 
really well. His hand times, times the first base running are faster than he's ever been, which is somewhat shocking given that he had ACL, uh, torn ACL. So he's in a good place, but he still needs to accrue playing time. He needs to get out there. And I think the Twins say, go do be yourself this whole year. And let's uh, honestly, I think they really would like to look at him midway next year at the earliest. I mean, it's, it's, with that talent, it is quite possible he plays his way up and faster. But and and I, I really honestly think he is a major leaguer, will be a major leaguer at some point. But he just needs to get a bat and know how pitchers are going to pitch him and uh, get playing time that he has been robbed of the last two years. And so this definitely helps in that regard. There's no pressure, but I, I honestly think no matter what they had done, they weren't going to feel that pressure anyways because they don't want to mess him up. Yeah, the, the 2022 season uh, that was affected by COVID has affected so many prospects. I mean, you, you just mentioned it there with Royce Lewis, and then you throw in, you factor in the uh, the, the injury. Uh, it's just a lot of setbacks. I, I feel that the Giants, they had not necessarily the same uh, situation, but Elliot Ramos, uh, he was going up through the the – the ranks of the minor leagues. And then that 2022 or the 2020 uh, minor league season was canceled and kind of put a ripple effect through the whole organization to where we haven't seen him in the major leagues yet. It, he's getting close to that time. I'm not saying it's the same situation as uh, Roy Lewis, obviously, because he had the ACL injury, uh, but just the, the effects. We're starting to see uh, what those effects of that 2020 season uh, had, missing out on it. So uh, very interesting to see what happens with all these prospects. Uh, let, let, let's get into more uh, additions by subtraction, right? And you mentioned earlier uh, the Josh Donaldson uh, trade. We, the last time I talked to you, Dan, uh, on the podcast, which was maybe a, a trade deadline uh, last time, we were discussing Josh Donaldson being traded when we thought that that was going to happen then. Uh, but it finally yeah. happened. It finally went down. He got traded to the Yankees. Yankees in exchange for uh, for Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela. How do you like the trade? What do you grade it on, on, on a scale from, from 1 to 10? What would you give it? Well, once you make the Correa move, I think it makes it an A trade because before the Correa move, I, the Yankees did better, but that's not accounting for the money. Um, and, and the fact that the Twins were able to get the Yankees to take all $50 million, I, I don't that, that's yeah. to me just thinking about this back in July that might even be more unrealistic than the idea of them getting Carlos Correa <laughs> like we're talking you know Josh Donaldson's a good player and he showed it last year he got hurt in his first at bat of the season he hurt his hamstring rounding first base on just a absolutely smoked double to left um, but like that just shows you where he is in general he's always had calf issues and um, he's doing everything he can to make the Cavs not an issue. But the fact is he's 36 years old this season. Next year he'll be 37. And he's getting paid a lot of money. And, and the, the expectation with the Twins when they signed him in the first place was the first two years of the deal would be very good for them. They didn't know what to expect the last two because of his health stuff. And to uh, have a guy eating up $21 million, $21 million, and then have an opt-out for $8 million, um, the, the, or I'm sorry, a, a buyout for $8 million on the, what would have been the fifth year of the contract. You know, that's a lot of money for a dude that you don't know what you're quite going to get because of his physical issues. And so the fact that they were able to do that, it was really promising at the time, but they needed to follow it up with 
a big move or a couple of really decent moves that advance the, the ball. And so I think now in hindsight that we see the Correa move, I think it's an A because you took a suitor out also by doing this. You know, the Yankees were largely believed to be a, a very potential, uh, a good potential landing spot for Carlos Correa. Not only did you take them out of it by giving them a shortstop in Isaiah kiner Fleffer, who I really liked, and the Twins had him for 18 hours, and I thought that was going to be a, a solid shortstop, but um, you, you got the Yankees to basically pay for Carlos Correa, too. So it, it's crazy because the Yankees were the only team that had talked to the Twins at all about absorbing the money from Josh Johnson, I'm sure they were like, yeah, sure, okay, we'll talk to you about him. Yeah, why not? You know, and, like, the Yankees essentially killed themselves on Carlos Correa, and now they're kind of getting the, uh, the the other side of it. Like, why did you guys give up on Correa to bring in Donaldson and kind of and you know, it's it's funny how these things work out, but that's that was a very interesting dynamic to it that the Yankees have essentially killed themselves in acquiring Carlos Correa by taking on Josh Donaldson's contract. Yeah, the big I don't know what's the bigger shock, uh, the Yankees giving up on Carlos Correa or the Braves giving up on Freddie Freeman. That, that was just a bizarre uh, situation down there in Atlanta. Also, they they essentially uh, you know said bye to, to Freddie Freeman and brought in Matt Olson and gave that money that they yeah. could have gave to Freddie Freeman to Matt Olson. Well, I think that the Braves couldn't get left holding the bag. They were really worried about it, and so they gave themselves a really good alternative in Matt Olson. And I don't know that Freddie Freeman's people believed that the Braves had an alternative lined up. Right. And the Braves paid a nice, dear price to give up Freddie Freeman. Or, I mean, to get, to get Matt Olson. I mean, the, yep. the A's did well on that trade. Oh, yeah. um, but, like, I just don't think that Freddie Freeman's agents thought the Braves really were going to move on. And the Braves were like, hey, we got to move on. And, and Freddie Freeman... Um, he lost some money with that, you know, L.A. is, I know it's home, but uh, where he's from is not L.A. proper. And he's uh, also going to have, like, the difference in taxes between Georgia and California is significant. And so the money he got, he, he left a lot of money on the table by going somewhere else and sort of got forced to accept it. And, hey, just like the Twins were the beneficiaries of a short offseason in which Carlos Correa couldn't get that, that uh, they, they were the beneficiaries of part two of the offseason being short and guys having to pick their homes. I think the Dodgers really benefited, which is unfortunate for uh, giant fans like my dad because that lineup is just disgustingly oh, loaded right now. <laughs> it's, it's so ugly, like so. I mean, the Giants did a great job loading up on pitching, and they have some really good arms. They're going to need all of them, like – that, that lineup is uh, – if Bellinger's back the way he kind of showed he can be in October, my goodness, it's not even going to be fair. Oh, you had to bring up Bellinger to, to bring back all those memories in October baseball. <laughs> you, ha- you had to do that, hey, man. Hey, hey, I have to – wait, wait, wait. I had a side bet with a buddy who's a Dodgers fan. We do a college football trip every year, and, uh, and we, were, we were betting individually on the games that we were together – and then a side bet for the series. Um, and, like, he ran into – we were we did a Southern California trip this year. It's the first year we've done that. But we did, like, a, a Chargers game and a San Diego State football game in Carson. 
Uh, he ran into the Pacific Ocean uh, without any clothes on after the uh, Game 1 victory by the Giants. I got a um, – Game 2, I got a Gatorade pitcher full of water dumped on me in the sand, stands after San Diego State game. Um, and then next year, the because the Giants lost, I have to – we'll probably end up somewhere like Michigan for a football game. And I got to wear – overalls with no shirt underneath them oh. to a bar and I gotta wear a Dodgers hat oh, uh, no. pay, so we're gonna be in the Midwest and I'm gonna be wearing overalls with no shirt which by the way I'm just thinking of the aesthetics of that look uh, it's not gonna be good I'm gonna be eating salad all season to try and just trim down a little bit um, and I'm planning on wearing the Dodgers hat backwards because I refuse to wear that Forward. <laughs> but so I have some bad memories associated with it too, um, and some future bad memories coming along with it. So uh, I was invested too. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. The the Dodger hat thing that that just makes me cringe. I, I don't think I'd ever be able to oh. make a bet on that. I, I can't. I can't do it. I can't. I can't wear oh. any Dodger stuff. Any Dodger blue. Uh, I, I'd rather throw up. <laughs> I, I knew I knew he was for real when he ran in the ocean. <laughs> I knew it was so like it's like midnight. And we're in like uh, Manhattan Beach, and and there like it's a good thing it was just pitch blackout. None of us saw him, fortunately. But he was. We saw the pile of clothes. He did it. So right. I was like, oh man, we're really all in for it. Oh, that's dedication, man. That is dedication. That is baseball fans in a nutshell. We are just we are we are insane. <laughs> In the membrane, yeah. man. We, we're crazy. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, you talk about the Giants real quick. And before we, we wrap up with the Twins, um, you talk about the move with Freddie Freeman. It was a big move uh, for the Dodgers. And, yeah, you look at that lineup. It's a murderer's row, uh, essentially, when you look up and down that lineup. And now you throw in the the – the X factor with the with the the DH it just makes things worse. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, you, you look at their lineup and then you look at the Giants. You did mention yeah they they bring in all these all these hip, uh, pitchers and and they they have a lot of pitching depth and Farhan has this belief of you know I'm I'm, get, I'm trying to get arms for 162 not necessarily five man rotation every five, fifth day. So uh, that's how you go about it uh, for the whole length of the season. That's how you stay uh, competitive is with good pitching right. That's always been yeah. the, the thought process in baseball and and more specifically in the Giants organization but then you see they didn't get any of these free agents that we were talking about they didn't go get a Carlos Correa apparently they were in on a Trevor story which I'm okay that they didn't get him for six six years 140 yeah. whatever million dollars it was uh he signed with with Boston uh I'm okay with that I'm okay with that but yeah. you know you look at um Kyle Schwarber could have been an option I think he would have uh been a huge left-handed bat, although they have a lot of lefties anyway in that lineup. I think he would have been a huge left-handed bat that could expose the Cove. I think he could have really yeah. done that. Uh, he has that type of power. And, you know, they didn't get that bat. So when you look at the lineup for the Giants versus the Dodgers, it just makes you a, a little weary. I know that the Giants have their system. Yeah. I know that they play the matchups really well. They're not going to uh, go out there unprepared. They're going to prepare more than any other team out there with their analytics and their belief system of uh, swinging, swinging at good pitches and waiting for your pitch and all that kind of stuff. I get it. I get it. But it's hard to look at it on paper right now. Uh, wh what do you have to say to Giants fans, be being that you know you you still uh, represent the orange and black a little bit? <laughs> 
Yeah, I'd say buckle up. It is, it is going to be tough. Um, I would have loved Castellanos for them. Like, I just thought yeah, Nick Castellanos yeah. was a really good fit. Um, and the money is reasonable there. I didn't think that was a bad contract. Uh, what, five years, $100 million. Um, they, they definitely need a right-handed stick. And, and so that part's tough. I, I totally agree with you on Trevor's story. Um, you know, the, he seemed like a good four-year fit to me. Um, the six is, is long. And I know the Twins were all, the twins were really in on him. The Twins were the team that set the market, I, I believe, on him early in the week. And then it seemed far less likely that they were going to get him once the Red Sox and the Giants jumped in there. And, uh, you know, they got pressed out. I think they looked at him as a, a good guy for shortstop for a couple of years. Fortunately, the Giants are set at shortstop already. They didn't need him there, but could have moved him to second base. He would have been a good bat, there's no question. Um, but, you know, when you're getting around six years and you don't know what it's going to be after the first couple, and there's the questions of what's he going to do outside of course field. I, you know, I think Nolan Arenado did a pretty good job of establishing what can happen when you're just a good hitter. Uh, you adapt and, and you know, you're, the road isn't as extreme when you are no longer playing in Colorado. Um, you have a different baseline and, and it, you know, I think playing Colorado probably changes how guys swing the bat at times, and, and you make adjustments to your new park, and that helps you make the transition to road games when you're going from St. Louis to somewhere instead of Colorado. So Story's bat probably would have been fine, but I didn't like, you know, the Red Sox can afford that. They can afford to have a year or two be bad. Uh, the Giants probably could have afforded it too. Uh, they, they're going to have to figure something out. They will be in a lot of ball games based on their pitching. And you look at the the Padres right now. The Padres are hoping that their pitching can get them there, but they have a lot of injury questions. Um, guys that have been hurt that they need to depend on for some production on the pitching side. The Giants have more of that, and the the signings they made. I've always liked Boyd's stuff. I uh, like Martinez. Those are some really good depth signs to add to a, a good group already. And uh, that, that should keep them relevant, but it's probably going to be a lot of torture baseball back, you know, winning tight games versus what the Dodgers will do is blow out a lot of teams. And the, the Dodgers are probably going to win the season series, but the Giants will be in there and they will be competitive and they will be one of those teams that pitches the Dodgers tougher than most. And we saw what that can do last year. Uh, when you when you stick around and play some some long games and uh, waiting for the other team to make the mistake, uh, that worked for the Giants' benefit last year. So uh, they'll they'll still be very interesting and very relevant. It's just they're going to at some point have to figure out how to address the offense. And, and frankly, though, I didn't get where they were going to get their offense the last two years, and then they had it. So yeah. you know, they yeah. they I think they do deserve some credit for knowing what they're doing. Um, it's just when you see it on paper, nothing blows you away. They're going to have to figure some things out, and uh, we'll see how they do it. It's, it's just a scary thought uh, knowing that Buster Posey and Chris Bryant are no longer in that lineup. Essentially, you're three and you're five-hole hitter, yeah. and yeah. they didn't address anything. 
uh, on the offensive side of things. Yeah, they have a lot of depth. Uh, they have a lot of pieces. They, they, they sure do. And and guys were were performing above expectations last year, and they're banking on that again. Uh, again, I mentioned uh, Elliot Ramos. We'll see if he makes it out of uh, out of spring training on the big league squad, or or if he'll go to Sacramento for a month and he'll be up in uh, in May. We'll see what happens. And then also the the big X factor. I know you you follow the Giants is Joey Bart. Uh, Joey Bart coming in yeah. there, uh, how effective he can be as a as a catcher uh, for sure. But yeah, it's going to be a fun season. It's going to be a fun season. I think the Giants are going to be in there 100. I'm I'm with you there, Dan. Uh, just to wrap up, man, we're, we're switching back to the Twins. We'll uh, we'll put our Giants fandom on hold. Uh, what's next <laughs> for the Twins? Uh, because it seems like they're in win now mode. They do that move with Carlos Correa. They do that move with uh, acquiring Sonny Gray. Um, I would assume that they're in on more pitchers, uh, particularly yeah. in the Bay Area. Uh, you might l- be looking yeah. at a Frankie Montas. I mean, what's the expectation? What's the talks around the club as far yeah. as them adding a, a pitcher? I, I definitely think they would love to get Frankie Montas. Whether or not the A's are going to trade Frankie Montas, we'll see. Um, it might be that Shamanaya is the better option. Right. Uh, he's a little bit more affordable, and he's not a bad guy to have, especially given that he has shown health the last two seasons. I, I, I saw 11 starts in 2020. I assume that was a full season for him. Um, but, but 32 last year, that's good because he sort of had that uh, injury-plagued time early in his career where he wasn't pitching full seasons. And the Twins need certainty. And that's why Montes, to me, is the better option, just the guy that hasn't had the health issues. Um, because right now, when you, when you look at the Twins rotation, Sonny Gray, very good addition for them. But he's a guy who's had health issues and has not really pitched full seasons. I think he's pitched um, three uh, in, in 11 pro seasons or uh, MLB seasons. I think he's been there three times uh, with 30 or more starts. That's not a lot of certainty. You need certainty at this point uh, because you have Joe Ryan, who's a Bay Area guy, Bailey Over, who is uh, in his second season. Those two guys have 25 combined major league starts. And currently that's your three and your four in your rotation. Dylan Bundy is another guy who's had some injury issues. They're counting on him. And and beyond that, uh, the rotation is a bunch of younger guys that they need to step up who I just don't know that that's going to happen. There's so many what-ifs in the Twins' rotation right now that need to come through. So they're going to need to add more pitching. They could use bullpen help. Uh, They did get Joe Smith uh, just yesterday. That's a good signing for them, adding some veteran experience to the lineup or to the bullpen. But um, they just need certainty. They they have a position side uh, of their squad that can basically bang with anybody. They will be a team that scores a lot of runs. It's a lot of home runs. It's a generally a fun group, and will keep them in games. But uh, they need to catch up on the pitch, the pitching side and. The A's seem like a great target for them. The A's are, from what I hear, slow rolling it and waiting for the field to get a little bit more crowded and want more suitors to drive the price up, I'm sure, because the Twins, frankly, haven't had, hey, give us this and we'll give you one of our guys. They have not gotten that sure offer um, from what I've heard where they could just get it done tomorrow because I, I guarantee you with the Twins in the mode they're in, they would do anything they could to get it done tomorrow. Right now, they want to add guys, and they want them in camp before the end of spring training so they have a little time to adjust their new surroundings. And uh, 
that just hasn't happened yet. Dan, great stuff, man. Uh, It's great to talk baseball with you again. Great to have baseball in front of us uh, as we move closer to uh, opening day. Uh, Drive safe, man. I know you're in Florida, so uh, enjoy the sunshine. I know you you like being out there, so uh, (laughs) thanks for coming on, man. Hey, thank you. And by the way, no, I prefer Arizona over Florida <laughs> any day of the week. But I will take it, given that I spent all some, mid, uh, winter in the Midwest, and uh, yeah, it's nice to thaw out. Hey, you gotta get you gotta get that tan ready for uh, for when you're in Michigan with those overalls, man. <laughs> Farmers tan, but yes, I do. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Dan, appreciate it. It's always fun, man. Talk to you soon. All right, all right thanks, Walter. Dan Hayes, everybody. Give him a round of applause. Let's give Dan a round of applause. Uh, Minnesota Twins beat writer for The Athletic. Go ahead and give him a follow on Twitter at Dan Hayes MLB. Uh, you can just tell when you talk to Dan. Love talking to Dan, by the way. Uh, we've had him on the podcast multiple times. Uh, this won't be the, the last time either. We, we will have him on multiple times uh, throughout the baseball season just to talk ball. Because you can just tell the the passion is within Dan of baseball uh, and his Giants fandom. I applaud you, my guy. I, I applaud you, Dan, uh, for making that bet. Because uh, that that takes that takes a, a brave man to to, to wear <laughs> some Dodger colors, uh, Dodger logos, and and yes, the you wonder. A lot of people out there, they don't understand the rivalry. And if you're a Giants fan, if you're a Dodger fan listening to this, you understand the rivalry. You will not wear, by any, under any circumstances, you will have to cut off my hand. You will never see me wearing a Dodger blue hat. And if I had to, yes, Dan, you hit it right on the head. You turn that baby backwards. You don't want anyone seeing what hat you're wearing until it's too far, until you're walking away from them. <laughs> that's how that's how that is. Uh, so kudos to Dan for making that. I'm I'm gonna be uh, following his Twitter. I'm gonna be following his his socials to to get those pictures. I am going to uh, be waiting patiently for that for him to cash in on that uh, on that bet. That is going to be uh, fun. I hope you guys enjoyed that that conversation with Dan. I sure did. It's always fun to talk with Dan uh, and talk to twins talk baseball in general I mean we we got off on the on the Giants fandom it's just great to talk to other Giants fans on this podcast who happen to be around the game of baseball and he is a Bay Area native so it feels like I've known Dan all my life and we always just seem to uh, pick up where we left off so again thanks to Dan Hayes for coming on to the podcast remember go give him a follow on Twitter at Dan Hayes MLB for good baseball content and for those pictures that everyone is going to want to see. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. I sure did. It was fun. We're going to have plenty more of these throughout the regular season every single week. Keep on coming back here. Give us a follow. Subscribe to the podcast. Uh, Go ahead and share with your friends if you liked it too. It was fun. It was fun, and we're just going to keep this thing rolling. So we'll talk to you next week. We'll see what happens. The free agency is over. The frenzy is over. I didn't even talk talk to Dan about that, what he thought about the abbreviated uh, free agency, which I absolutely love. We'll talk about that uh, with more guests to come in the coming weeks. So you guys, have a good one. Be safe, and we will talk to you next time.